We live in a society that actually, you know, perseverance is almost uh, something that people don't like to talk about. It's just, let's just, oh, hey, we don't want you to work or sweat or, and, and we get it. There's, there's principles with all that, but we have to put our hand to something, do we not? We, we can't just sit by and, and, and then just go through life making excuses. I've, I've met, and you probably have two people that run their whole life by something that's happened to them in the past, or, and, and that's just what they're, they live that. And so they say that every day, I can't get ahead because I was this way, I was that way, nothing ever happens, nothing goes my way, uh, my dad did this, you know, whatever the excuse is, my mom, my family, uh, I lost my job, whatever that is. But I'm believing that in the next 30 minutes or less here that you're going to have a God moment and that God's going to share something, drop something in your heart, and you're going to never be the same. And you're going to act on what he tells you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to do what he says. You're going to follow his direction. Uh, The bad news is that's good news, but the bad news is there's going to be people that are going to hear something that God's going to tell them to do today. And, and they're not going to do anything about it. They're still going to continue to use the same excuse or they'll just add something with it. So our topic is I quit. And I want to ask a few questions. What would you like to see change in your life? And what would you like to see different? What would you like to change in your life? What would you like to see different? There may be some that would say, you know what, Brett, I'd like to... I'd like to lose a whole lot of weight okay i'd like to do that i'd like to save a lot of money i want to go on vacation so what would you like to be different about your life so many times when we ask that question and and now you have the reason why we're offering financial peace because most most of us a lot of what we do or what we do not do centers around money why money gets offensive is because people don't want to talk about it. They certainly don't want to talk about it at church, although Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell. We need to understand the reason we need to get a handle on this is so you can live free. It's really that simple. It's not that we're trying to get something from you. God's trying to get something to you. He wants you to live free without the pressure, without the world pushing and pounding you down. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. This is the problem. As soon as we decide to be different, as soon as we decide to start seeking the kingdom, isn't it just like the enemy that gives us excuses to stay the same? This isn't working. I don't want to do that. This is too hard. I can't seem to get that. I tried it. I, 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 I'm going to give, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to work out. I'm going to whatever... And we just find another excuse. Our first scripture this morning is Luke 14, 16 and 20, 16 through 20. Jesus replied with this story. <clears throat> a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent a servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet's ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I just bought a field. I must inspect it. I want to just stop. How much, is, how much time does that take? Yep, that's a field. Yeah, boy. Okay, never mind. Uh, please excuse me, another said. I just bought five pair of oxen, and I want to try them out. There's a fun time. Okay, uh, please excuse me, another said. I now have a wife, so I can't come. He must have a honeydew list. I'm not sure. 
But isn't that just like us? Now, I'm going to break that in the past. Not now, because we're going to get us a new word. But in the past, isn't that just like when God wants to push us somewhere? Not, you know, I mean, well, push might be a wrong word. Lead us somewhere. And he wants to show you something. I don't want to be drug. I don't want to really have to be pushed. I just want to lead and follow. I mean, show me God and I'll do it. I would like to. And then we, oh, you know what, I couldn't... Uh, uh, there was this and there was that and and this happened and of course new year's resolutions you know by the end of january 40 percent of new year's resolutions are already gone by the end of january by studies show this by february 15th 75 percent gone why because we we have good ideas and sometimes even god ideas but here's what happens we rely on our own strength to get the job done. And that's kind of going to be the key that we're going to talk a little bit about today. We are limited in our own strength. We can only do so much in our own selves. We've got good intentions rather than God intentions. In other words, when we get that idea, maybe God gave it to us, but then we put it in, in our own sphere of reasoning. And we think, this is how I can do it. This is the only way I can do it. And we put our own strength on it. And when we're tapped out, we are tapped out. But what if we got it from God and we have robbed him of the blessing of letting him work through us in his strength? There's a big difference in just a good intention and a God intention. Good intentions are centered around us. I'd like to be different about my life. This is what I'd like to change. Me, me, me. It's all about me. It's centered about me. When we were little kids, it was all mine, mine, mine. Don't you play with that toy. It's mine. You know, when you're a kid, somebody played with the toy, even if you weren't playing with it, if it was yours, mine. Maddie graduating this year, if a kid picked up a toy she wanted in the nursery, she'd go over, grab the toy, slug the kid, and put herself in timeout. We had to say, you can't do that. It's mine. I was playing with it first. Well, you weren't playing with it now. So? God intentions are good intentions. God intentions are different than good intentions are centered around us. God intentions are centered around God. They're centered around him. It's what God wants different about my life. It's not based on what I can do. It's not based on what my strength is or when it fails. It's not based on my own resolve. It is based on God, his power, what he wants me to do. So today, this is my plan. I want us to stop making excuses. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Number one. What does God want different about your life? Maybe they're ministry ideas. Maybe you want to lead a small group. You'd like to be on the dream team. You want to dance in the parking lot with Bill. Bill will take you. He likes that. He needs more people. Um, maybe you want to work with youth, work with Switch. Or, I, you know, I don't know. Just you need to get involved. You can write down if you're taking notes. Here's what I think. Here's something I want to do. If you're saying this, I don't want my neighbor to see it, just write private cover it <laughs> but god knows if you have nothing to write there's nothing that i want different about my life there's nothing then you must be jesus or just like him and you're perfect 
Now think about it. Is there something different? Oh, Lord, I would love to do this. Maybe you're a person, uh, you know, you've gone through seasons, and I've had this happen to me where you just feel like you're raw or you just, you're easily offended because you've been through a lot of stuff. That ever happened to anybody besides me. So, you know, you might need to just say, you know what, God, I just wish I could have thicker skin sometimes. You know, or, or have you ever assumed somebody meant something and they didn't mean that at all? There's people that I have friends and their personality are different, complete different types than mine. My personality type would be, hey, you know what, I'm going to be a few minutes later. Hey, I, I hope you know I didn't mean, I, I didn't want you to take it that way. Here's what I meant. Their personality might be, well, if he knows me, he'll figure out what I meant because I'm not even going to worry about that. And so then I'll spend a lot of time going over that in my mind like, oh, man, they're mad at me. I offended them. And actually, that never happened. So we got to start saying, God, what do I want different about my life? Here's question number two. <laughs> Why does God want this to be different in my life? What does God want different in my life and why? I'm going to give you two points in just a second, but these are the two questions we're kind of basing it around. When we connect our spiritual why with the what, then there's power and motivation behind it to accomplish what we're supposed to do. God wants me to eat right and start exercising and losing weight. Why? Because I'm not in shape. Round is a shape. Okay, here's another reason. I don't look good in skinny jeans. Can I just say, I don't know anybody that looks good in skinny jeans. What I'm saying is we're missing it if we're trying to make, again, reasons for ourselves why does God want me in better shape? Now, I'm just saying for my own personal life, that's why I put this in here. Here's, now, listen to the difference. Because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is the house for God. I want to honor him by keeping the house so that I can live long and accomplish the mission and draw and have strength for what he's called me to do. There's a difference. I mean, you can say, well, your body's the temple. And yes, it was becoming a small chapel, so we needed to change it. I'm just being real. But if I'm just again to myself, I just want to be in better shape. Well, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But in my own strength, there's going to be times it's just not working. And I've come and hit those walls recent and had to go back and reevaluate my goals. And, and I'm looking at them again and saying, okay, God, I need another breath of your wind. I need something because I am not going to go back. So I, I have to understand there's something bigger than you. My friends, there's something bigger than you. The world does not center around you. We center everything we do around God. Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. I want to walk with God. And so we have to start saying, God, I want to be centered around you. I want to connect my spiritual why and my what together. It'll motivate me to accomplish not what I've decided, but what he's decided. I want you to hear that. Not what I've done. Now, see, here's what I'm, I'm agreeing to do what he wants to do. This is scriptural. You need to understand this because this is huge. This is not about me anymore. This is not about my desire. This is about not my will, but his will. I'm going to put my faith in agreement with him. So now my spiritual why and my what gets connected, and now I can go, I see it. I see it. 
I can do something about that. Maybe you're saying, well, Brett, I want to read the Bible through in a year. I want to pray with my spouse every day. I want to do a devotion. I want to pray with my kids. I want to join a small group for accountability. Why? That's your what? What do you want to do? I want to do this. I want to do this. But why do you want to do it? Because I think he wants me to do. I think God wants me to do that. Well, that's, that's a good answer, but that's not good enough. God wants me to become more like Jesus. Well, yeah, that's a patent answer too. We all want to be more like Jesus. I understand that. And it, but if we do the list above, now if we put God's part in this, we will be more like Jesus. And if we're more like Jesus, then we'll be able to do more. Because here's the bottom line is we don't do what Jesus did because we don't do what Jesus did. The Bible, the Bible says you can, he came to destroy the works of the devil. All right? And it says, in my name, believers. And I got people that tell me all this. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Well, you don't have to believe it. This is for believers, so just be quiet. Let me talk to them. <laughs> in my name, you will cast out devils. You will heal the sick. Do you, I mean, do you understand... I'm about to, in about a week or so, I'm about to embark on a youth camp. They've asked me to be a speaker, so I'm going to go to youth camp. These kids are they're just teens. I mean, they're, you know, they're 12 to 20 years old probably, 19, 18. <clears throat> and they're just, they're wanting to find God. I went to youth camp just a couple years back, and I'm telling you, it just stuff. But what's happening is that scripture is coming to life. And kids are like, what's happening? There is no other choice if you are working for God. You cannot come up with your own mandate. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to change the book a little bit. It doesn't work that way. When you resolve that I'm going to believe what he says, demons come out. Sick people get well. Things happen. Your life glorifies him. You connect your spiritual wife to what? What does God want you to do? I, Brett, I think he wants me to get out of debt. Why? Well, because debt is bad. Well, debt is bad. I get it. That's not what I'm looking for. It puts a lot of pressure on me. It does. That's still not what I'm looking for. I can't do anything or go anywhere because I don't have the money. That's good. I mean, it's not good, but I understand. Good answers, but how about this? If you were debt-free, you could honor God with the resources he provided for you and leverage them for the kingdom and impact the kingdom for God's glory. If God asked you to give, what if God told you, said, Brett, I want you to go and I want you to give $100 to so-and-so. And this has happened before. What if your checkbook said no? But God told you to, but you know if you gave them that check, boom, 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 it's going to bounce. Because you are stretched clear to your max. What if God could just say, you could, you, you could give like just crazy give. Because you had no debt, and God said, see that? Take $500, go over there, do this, do that. Give them, do that. I mean, would that be, like, awesome? Because you're all, God just keeps trusting you and things keep happening because you have been great stewards. You are telling your money where to go, and this kingdom is growing because you are listening. That is what he's looking for. He's looking for stewards of, of things, not stuff to have you, but you to be able to have stuff and say, where do you want me to do? What, what can I do with it, God? Where do you want me to put it, God? 
You see, our motivation has changed. Now it's God-centered. It's not, it's not me-centered. Well, Brett, does God, yes, he wants you to have fun. Yes, he wants you to take a vacation. I'm not talking about you can't do anything. What I'm talking about is you're not pressured to do everything that the world is telling you to do. You don't have to do this. You're like, well, this is my car. If you owe on it, don't make a few payments. See what happens. They'll come and take your car. So, if God is for you, who can be against you? I just start agreeing with God. I'm telling you, we're, we're going to help you. This is going to be your year. 2015 is going to be your best year because it's the year you decided, God, you know what? I'm going to quit making excuses. I'm finally going to do something to get out of debt. I'm finally going to do something to do what you've asked me to do. I'm finally going to be free. If God is the author of the change and we have access to him, Everything we need to complete the task he's asked you to do. You've got to understand that if God puts this in you and it's a God idea, he'll supply everything you need to complete it. Everything you need. You will lack nothing to do it. I quit making excuses. What's your excuse? Well, I just don't want to. My friend, that's not just called an excuse. That's called disobedience. There's a story in the Old Testament of of excuses and God's response to them. He tells Moses to go free the Israelites. Now, that's not an easy task. How many knows that God sometimes is going to ask you something that's going to stretch you? Because if you can do it all on your own, you don't need him. But he's going he's gonna to give you something that he, he's got talent that he put in you. Faith that he deposited in you. You're going to have to now activate it and use it. And he's going to help you do what he's called you to do. So we're going to pick up that story, Exodus 4. 10 through 11. This is what it says. I'm, again, reading New Living. You'll see King Jimmy behind me. Hi, King Jimmy. (laughs) Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. And I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied. My words get tangled. That's like when I first met Kim. I go, I love you, God. First thing I said to her was, I... She always got this chicken Italian at Ponderosa, and she was so beautiful. And, I, I, and she broke up with some dweeb she had before, so he was gone. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Charlotte, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, she, he was gone, and uh, I went up, and I, I had all planned in my mind what I was going to say. Guys, you know what that is? I mean, you already know. You're kind of like, okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to impress her could go up and i'm gonna say this and and well actually i was cooking she came up she was coming on to work at at ponderosa and so you know i knew she was coming in and she came up and you know when like when she came in it's kind of like angels sing you know <laughs> she comes up to get her food and i said i said can can i take do you want what do you want hi she says, I'll have the chicken Italian. And this is me thinking, I'm going to be really witty. Have you ever tried our chicken Spanish? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And she goes, no. And there I am. Uh, good. Good. Chicken Italian coming up. Oh, back to the scripture. My words got tangled. And then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? 
hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Moses is looking at his own limited ability. He's saying, you know what, I stutter. I get all tongue-tied. I am not the guy to go speak for these guys. I have limited ability, and he's not looking at God's unlimited ability. Whatever God has asked you to do, don't you think he will help you to get it done? Now, I want to say that one more time. If God has asked you to do it, will he not help you to get it done? I forget that in my own self sometimes. If God said, start this church, if God said, call it this, if God said, do this, dear Lord Jesus, help me to remember, if you sent the bill out, you will fill it. God told Jeremiah, is anything too hard for me? Well, I know God, what he wants me to do. He wants me to be patient with my kids. Shut up. Sit down. I was in the library one time. A little boy was running everywhere. And I'm just going to call him Jeffrey. Jeffrey, 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 Jeffrey. And this person, get down, Jeffrey. And then I witnessed this, and I I had to turn around because I, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. We don't hit. I had to just go, oh, okay. We have all kinds of excuses. Is anything too hard for God? If God called you to do it, is anything too hard for him? If you're saying, you know what, he's told me to do this, but I just can't. God can't help me. I'm a lost cause. You're going to tell me, you're going to tell me then You are bold enough to say the creator of the universe that gave you this idea or that wants you, his will is that you'd be debt free or his will that you'd be uh, free from pressure and free from bondage. You're going to tell me that that can't be done, that he can create by speaking mountains, wind. He can create, he's created mankind, every living. You're going to tell me now he's stuck. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I don't buy that. Stop the excuses. Exodus 4.12 says this, and this is where our two points are going to go. Now go, I will be with you as you speak. Look at what we're reading. Now in King James, now therefore go and I will be with you with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. This is all, now think about what we just read. The New Living says, now go, I will be with you as you speak. I will instruct you in what to say. God is, he's telling you, you're going to have to go and I'm going to help you. There's two points from the text. Here's number one. Do what you can do. Now, I know I've preached another three-point message on something else. That's not what I'm doing on this one. Do what you can do. Now go. Quit talking about it. Just do it. Quit saying you can't. Quit whining. Quit making excuses. Roll up your sleeves and get busy. Delayed obedience is disobedience in another form. In other words, oh, I'm going to do it, God. I'm going to do it. I'm just not going to do it right now. No, do it now. Start it now. Start saying, God, I'm going to do this now. Quit over-spiritualizing everything. Well, I'm just going to wait on God to have three quails go up and spell his name out in the sky and the clouds to, you know, 17 people have to come up to me and say this. No, just do it now. I'm waiting on the Lord. No, you're not. You're just making excuses. God is waiting on you. Everything you need, according to Jesus, it is finished. It's done. He's not going back to the cross. God is waiting on you. Everything you need has been done. 
You just need to be obedient and start doing it. And see, that's the reason many of us stop. That's the reason some of us are at the same place. You know, you, we're at the same thing. And what happens is God tries to do something to us, tries to, not in a bad way, but show us something. Do this. And we kind of act like we're uh, Frodo's cloak. We throw it over ourselves and we don't see it. And then we just, we want to stay there and the scenery stays the same. I've always been, it's just me doing this again. Well, you got to start asking yourself, are you tired of doing that that way? What are you missing? And sometimes it's just really obedience, God's way, not yours. Brett, I want to quit smoking, but I'm waiting on him to take the desire away from me. So say what? Quit smoking. It's hard. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Throw the ciggies in the bucket. Do it today. When we take up offering today, we receive offering, throw them in there. Just, I'm done. I'm going to do what I can do. Listen, it's not going to be easy, but I'm just saying start now. Well, I'm going to wait, and you've been waiting. I'm not trying to throw stones. There's things that, you know, I, I, I'm dealing with myself. It's not cigarettes. I'm just, you know, now I'm finally getting my hand on, I will get all of the weight off I need. We just have to do it. We just have to start saying, okay, and if we got to relook at our goals, we got to reevaluate, we got to make some tweaks, okay, cool. Do what you can do. Throw them away. If you're saying, I'm with you, Brett. God wants me to be in better shape. Get rid of the Twinkies. <laughs> Get them out of your possession. But they have a shelf life of 20 years. I know. I know. I'll give you some Twinkies later. <laughs> I have a stack of them. No, I don't. Really. <laughs> do what God calls you to do. You know, if you want to get in better shape, then get a workout plan. If you don't have one, and you can tell me what kind of equipment you have, or what, if you don't have any equipment, but you want to do something at home, I can help you. I used to do that for a living. I will help you, but get a plan. Get started. Make better choices. You know God wants you to be in a small group, and you've known it for a long time. I'm going to get involved in church. I just want to wait to get to know everybody. Stop the insanity. When church is over, go out and sign up or do something or make sure that you sign up when they launch on that, that 21st and that week. Come on, do something. It starts with you. I want friends, but if you're not friendly and you don't go talk to anybody, then you know what happens? We sit back and go, Nobody will talk to me. Then we need to be friendly. We need to go out and do that. If you're saying, I want to be in a small group or I want to lead a small group, see Miss Kim. She'll help you. She'll connect you. She'll get you where you need to be. Some of you are afraid to do it today. Some of you are saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to tithe. I want to tithe. I'm just not going to. We can't afford to tithe. Can I tell you, my friend, you're buying the lie. You can't afford not to tithe. Do it today. Well, Brett, do you know what that would mean? I, I don't know what that would mean to you. I just know it would mean to God you're putting him first, and it's going to mean a lot to you. It doesn't matter what it means to me. You're not tithing for me. I'm going to say that one more time. You're not tithing for me. You're tithing for God, and God is going to help you. He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get stuff to you. I mean, you know, God is just an amazing God. My friends, I'm telling you, you put God first, amazing things happen. Things start falling into place. Things that you don't have. I mean, just little things. Things like, you know, I mean, I understand things cost. I get it. 
But even in ordinary things, day-to-day life, just different things, something Kim wanted and, and she wanted to, you know, and, and God told me, he said, listen, you tell her she can have it, tell her I love her and I'll take care of it. And it wasn't that expensive. And I had to tell her, I told her that in faith and she said, okay. And she acted on that faith and within, what, maybe two days? Two days in the mail came a, a refund check to, to over double cover what she just uh, you know what I'm going to do with the check? I'm going to give my tithe and my offering off the check, pay for what the, that God said he'd pay for, and thank him and do whatever else he tells me to do with the rest. It is That's how it works. Do what you can do and go. You know, this way you got to say, well, you know, I don't know if that'll work. I'm telling you, quit looking at your reason. Start saying, God, what, what is your reason for it? You show me, I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in. Some of you are that close to having breakthrough in your life, and the reason you don't, the reason you see the same thing is because you will not go all in. I don't know how to say it any better than that. Maybe you're not a morning person. In the morning, you need two or three cups of coffee before anybody needs to talk to you. I don't know. But God wants you to go to a higher level. And you're like, I want to do that, but man, I don't know. You know, I think, God, if we wanted me to see the sunrise, he'd put it in the middle of the day. <laughs> you know, my, my, some of my kids, I mean, it's easy for them. They can sleep in until noon and not even think about it. You know, oh. But, you know, for some of them, like Zach, a lot of times, he has to get up at 4 in the morning because he has to be at work by 5. So sometimes, I, you know, I get it. He's tired. He's, he's up before me. I'm up at 5.30. I get that. But what I'm saying is if, if you're saying, I want to spend time with God in the morning, but you just won't get out of bed, you need to just do it. You need to not wait until the morning. If you wait till the morning, you ain't getting out of bed. That night, you set your alarm. You set and get everything ready to have your date with God. You get everything ready so that when the alarm goes off, you, you know, instead of saying, good morning, Lord. I mean, some of you are like, oh, good Lord, it's morning. I understand. But just say, God, you know what? It's going to take some time to get used to that. Sometimes they say 21 days to get into a good habit. So, you know, just say, I'm setting this alarm. I'm going to get up, bless God. You know, once you kind of break through that, it's not so bad. I tell Kim in the morning, I love the morning. I really do. On Friday mornings, that's that's my day off. I love that because I have things on my schedule that I do. And in the morning, a lot of times I'm done long before noon. Because I just want to get them done. And it's just nice. The sun's coming up. I just enjoy that. I've already spent time with the Lord. It's good. Make up your mind on your why. Why does God want you up? Because if you don't do it and you don't spend any time with him and you wonder why you're drained, make up your mind. God, what do you want me to do and why? The more you put it off, the more you come up with excuses. Procrastinators unite tomorrow. (laughs) It's a story of three devils reporting to Satan after finishing demon college. This is not doctrinally correct, by the way. Satan asks, "What what are you going to do to deceive mankind? And this is the first demon answers. I'm going to tell them there's no God. Satan said, well, that's not going to work. Most of them believe that there's a God. You know, there's a lot of people who believe there's a God. They just don't serve him. That's not going to work. He goes to the second one. What are you going to do to deceive? Second one says, I'm going to tell them there's no heaven or hell. It's just what they live their life for right here, right now. Satan again's reply was, well, that's no good. They won't believe that. They know they go somewhere. 
They've seen too much. That's, that, that just frustrates me. So he's frustrated. He goes to the third one. He said, what's your plan to deceive? And I hope it's better than Larry and Curly over here. And the third one says, I'm going to tell them this. I'm, first, I'm going to tell them not that there's no God. And I'm, I'm not going to tell them that there's no heaven or hell. What I'm going to tell them is there's no hurry. I'm going to tell them you have all the time in the world to get your life right. No sense in doing anything right now. Take your time. You get a better outcome. Just, just be easy. Don't get into all that stuff. Just take it easy. I'm going to convince them that there's no hurry. The devil said, you're who I'm looking for. You will deceive many. My friends, time is short. You can't have today back. Once today's gone, it's gone. You need to do what you can do. It's that simple. Step out. Do it. Go. And say, all right, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Everybody say this. I will do what I can do. Say it again. I will do what I can do. Here's our second point, and we're going to finish. I will trust God to do what I cannot do. Say that with me. I will trust God to do what I cannot do. God told Moses, go, and when you go, I'll help you and teach you. It's almost implied as we read the scripture that if you want help, you got to go. In other words, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do your part. You put your hand to it. God says, I will bless the work of your hands. If your hands are doing nothing, zero and zero is nothing. You, you, there's nothing for him to, you got to get and say, God, what do you want me to do? Put me on it. I taught my kids all how to ride a bicycle. Taught them, you know, first on the little tricycle. That was pretty cool. They liked that. Then they moved to the little tiny bike with the training wheels. How many remember little bikes with training wheels? And, uh, and then there was the time, finally, when you had to remove the training wheels. And uh, with all of them, I would ride behind them. You know, I'd hold onto the seat, and I'd ride behind them. Especially Mal, she'd be looking back, Daddy, don't you let go. Don't you let go. I'm not going to let go. And I would hold on, and I'd say pedal, and we did all that and did all that. And finally, there's got to be a time where, as the father, you have to let go. And with Mal, I remember just saying, pedal, pedal. And she's pedaling and bike's doing this, but she's pedaling. And when she realized she's riding that bike, she's like, ha, ha. And then, <laughs> but I did it in the grass because we were by the church parking lot. And I was like, oh, we'll do it in the grass. And so, so if she crashes, it won't be so bad. But she crashed and, you know, and I'm like, oh. And she turns around, and looks over at me and goes, yeah. So. You know, we did it over and over again, and pretty soon she is riding that bike everywhere. That's kind of what you have to do. You have to go. You have to pedal. God's going to be with you. He's going to help you. And trust me, if you think he's not there, he's never left you. There was no way. I, I watched you do every step, every pedal, every steer, everything, every wreck. I was right there. She would say, Daddy, I'm scared. I need my training wheels. Honey, we're not going back to training wheels now. You're a big girl. If God wants it for you and you know it and you want it, there's no weapon that the enemy has to stop it. I'm going to say that one more time. God wants it for you and you know it and you receive it by faith as you put your hand to it. There is no weapon the enemy has that can stop it. You are the hinge the door swings on. Your belief system, God will deliver me, put my hand to it telling you what i just feel god listen to me think about the people of 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 our faith think about moses he was the hinge god you know i'll i'll go 
Take the staff with you. Take Aaron. Let my people go. Think about David. Give me that sling. Goliath, you are going down today. Think about Daniel. God, I'll go. They put him in the lines. And think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're not going to bow, and we're not going to burn. I'm telling you, you're the hinge if you'll put your hand to it. Stop making excuses. You ever had a coach get in your face? I mean, just get right in your face. Gleesman, you better get around that track, and you better not be last. Yes, coach. Now run. Yes, coach. And I'd run around that track, and I remember coming back. This is football practice, coming back going, I can't run anymore. Because I couldn't even, felt like I couldn't breathe. My throat was closing up. And this is what the coach said. He got right up, and he said, all right, get on your bike and go home. I don't need you. That's what he said. And you might say, that's tough. I thought so. (laughs) But I said, I'll run. Somewhere down inside, I was able to grab something else. And run. And that year we were the champions. We never got beat. Stop making excuses. Quit giving reasons why you can't do what God has wanted you to do. No more excuses. Think about what could be different in your life and the lives of those around you if you did what God wanted you to do. Think about the impact on your children or your grandkids or or your spouse or your nephews and nieces and aunts and uncles, your in-laws, your outlaws, whoever. You have faith for that. It's there because God put it there. Write this down and we're going to finish. You uncover it by obedience. You want to know? You've got to do it. You've got to quit making excuses. What God ideas do you have? Notice I said not good ideas, God ideas. What does he ask you to do? Centered around his power. His glory. You do what you can do and trust God to do what you cannot do. And his kingdom will reign forever and ever. Would you bow your heads, please?